Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. John chapter 8, we're talking about live free, and we're going to start in verse 31 here. Many of you, would this would be a familiar passage of Scripture, praying that God does something unfamiliar with us today. Coming off of a plane yesterday, they would tell you this, that when you travel, you should uh, many times take bread off the shelf. Just use something that works, give the church. But when I'm, when I'm preaching at home, I like to bake some fresh bread. You know what I'm saying? And today, I'm just telling you, the bread that we have available is hot and fresh right out of the oven. Come on. John chapter 8, so dumb. Verse 31. It's like the stuff that preachers get excited about. (laughs) Ooh, it sounds so good. John chapter 8, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it you say you will become free? So Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. Verse 36, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free indeed. God, I pray over your church this morning that you would speak to us exactly in the way that we need to hear. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would move in power, bring revelation, bring illumination and clarity to our lives, that you would speak a word, oh God, exactly the way that we need to hear. I pray, oh Lord, over this message today that you would help people find freedom indeed, true freedom. Lord, set us free from the chains that we may be carrying without even realizing it. I pray that you would set us in freedom today. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe it, everyone said aloud, amen. Amen, amen. I was reading a story recently of something that was actually amazing to me. Of uh, Among all of the prisoners of war in World War II, there was only one general that was captured as a prisoner. The story goes that it was General Jonathan Wainwright who, following the attack on Pearl Harbor, was tasked with defending the Philippine Islands. But in the toils of war, it was a really rough battle in Southeast Asia, that his men faced starvation. They were cut off from communication, cut off from supplies. Eventual disease set in the toils of war, and they were captured to become prisoners of war. And for years, Wainwright labored in what was called the Bataan death camps. Now, in time, as we know, the victory was won in the battle over the South Pacific. Word became around of the Allied victory all around Southeast Asia that the captives have been freed But news never made it to where General Wainwright was kept. See, the truth was withheld for him for almost three months. For years, he was in a prison camp. And for months, Wainwright continued to believe, even though news had gone out about the victory, he continued to believe he was a prisoner of war, despite having been freed by the Allied victory. Just imagine with me today, there in that situation. He was captured held for years in a prison. News got out about the victory. The war had been won, but still he remained a prisoner because he hadn't learned the truth of his victory. 
See, it was in that moment that his truth uh, of being uh, captive in a prison, it really was based on a lie. The only thing that kept him in the prison for those three months was his ignorance or his unawareness of the truth. I can imagine the guards watching, wondering when he will find out that he is free, wondering when the tables would turn and soon the inevitable would come that he would learn about his freedom and the captive that they kept in bondage would soon have power over them to live in freedom, to be released. The power was held over him as a lie. In fact, he was free. He just didn't know it yet. He had not yet learned the truth and because of it, he was held in bondage. It's very similar to even the holiday that we have celebrated a couple weeks back of Juneteenth. Slaves that were kept in slavery, not knowing of their freedom. I was reading these stories, historical accounts of people that hadn't yet learned of their freedom, and I was thinking about our lives. See, I believe it is one of the greatest attacks of the enemy to keep us ignorant of the truth. I believe it is one of the greatest attacks of the enemy to keep us unaware of the freedom that we have in Jesus, to keep us ignorant of the truth of God's word. See, this is why there's such an attack today on the word of God, because the enemy wants to keep his church or the church ignorant of the truth that we have in God, wants to keep us in bondage, wants to keep us because here's what happens is if you don't know the truth about what God says about you, it leads to bondage. And if you're in bondage, then you can't actually live an effective life as a Christian. And I just think it's one of the greatest attacks of the enemy to keep us ignorant. Why? Because it leads to bondage. And just like these prisoners, we have freedom, but we don't know the freedom that we have. And so we remain in captivity. We remain in slavery. We remain imprisoned. And eventually it leads to this place where as a Christian, we're not living in a effective life. But I've come today to preach a message of freedom. I've come to help set a couple people free today. I've come to preach a message not just to diagnose our problem, but to preach the solution. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus has made a way for us to live a free life. That's good news. See, many times we'll preach a gospel of freedom and we'll say that in a moment of salvation, just as we'll do here in a moment today, that salvation is freedom from sin. We'll say that it is a once and for all freedom that we have because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that we have been set free from our sin once and for all, which in fact it is. Let me just preach to you for just a moment because what, rep what is represented just outside here today the cross of Jesus Christ, the Bible said that even though we were still sinners, God had sent his son to die for us so that we can experience freedom. We can experience the gift of freedom, but it is the freedom from the penalty of sin. What the cross represents to us as believers is that we do not have to pay for the sins that we have committed against God. He has made a way for us to be free from the penalty of sin. That's what forgiveness is. It says, it should have been me on that cross, but Jesus took my place. It should have been me re represented wrapped in bondage, needing to die for my sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. It should be us on that cross, but Jesus took our place. He became sin who knew no sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. See, that's the place to shout because this is good news today. 
And if you haven't made that decision to be free from the penalty of sin, we're gonna fix that in a moment. But I just wanna help us to understand that even though we have experienced maybe the freedom from the penalty of sin, there is a difference because if there are some patterns that have gripped you, if there is a power over you that you feel, even though there is a difference between the, the freedom from the penalty of sin and freedom from the power of sin. There is a difference between freedom from the penalty of sin and freedom from the pattern of sin. See, many of us, we may have experienced new life in Jesus, have been born again, and have been free from the penalty of sin. But in actuality, we still live with patterns that grip us, strongholds in our life, power of sin. Many of us struggle here today because we're faced with the situation that we feel like we seem to can't get free from. Can I tell you today, there must be another freedom that we have to experience. It's the freedom from the power of sin. And this is what Jesus begins to deal with here in John chapter eight, because he's addressing a group of people. The Bible said in verse 31 that it was, he was talking to Jews that believed in him. He's not talking to atheists. He's not talking to unbelievers or to Democrats. Stop, come on, it's just a joke. He's talking to people who had believed in him. He's talking to people who had followed Jesus, which tells me that you can be a Christian and still live bound. This is the tension that we all face is because there may be some patterns, not even in your own life, but even generationally patterns that grip you. I talk to people that say, oh, I'm just struggling. Ah, oh, it's just the struggle is real. Can I just help a few people today? If you've been struggling with the same thing for five years, it's not a struggle, it's a stronghold. And I'm here to help set you free today because Jesus has made a way. We don't have to live this kind of life with the power of sin hanging over us. There is victory won on the cross. There is victory in Jesus. And many times I see Christians who have received victory but still walk in defeat. Many times I see people knowing the life that they have in God, but still operating with the pattern of sin or the, the, the power of sin over them. And this is what I think I want to deal with for us today. Just from this idea, I want to talk to you about invisible prisons. All the church people said, hmm. <laughs> I want to talk to you about invisible prisons, invisible prisons. It's freedom from the power of sin in our lives because you can go to heaven when you die, but still live in bondage on earth. The things that you may see over and over again, the patterns that you have, invisible prisons, the struggles that you can't seem to shake, the things that you keep going back to, even the invisible prison of trying to appear free. On the outside, you may be here with a smile today, but on the inside, knowing that there is turmoil, that there is depression, that there is a stronghold, something that you can't seem to shake, stuck in something that you can't seem to let go of. I'm telling you today that it is an invisible prison. And the reason that it's invisible, watch this, the reason it's invisible is because it's contingent on ignorance. See, this is what happens in the exchange because Jesus says, if you know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the people there that day said, 
How can we be free if we're already free? And this question rang in my head this week as I was wondering, could it be here today that you're in need of freedom, but you think you're already free? Could it be here today that you're in need of a breakthrough, but you're saying, from what? Unaware of the freedom that you actually need because you think you're already in freedom. Even as a Christian, it's possible to not live a life of freedom. Could it be here today that for us, we're sitting here in this room, and if you were to be really honest with yourself, examining some of the patterns in your life, wondering, could it be that you're in an invisible prison? The reason it's invisible is because it's based on ignorance. Set free from what? This, oh, you're talking, that, that's just me. That pattern, that's just what I've always known. That's just who I am. That's just my personality. That's just what I'm meant to carry. That's just my family. Oh, you don't, set free. How can you say that we've been set free when, when we're already free? See, it's an invisible prison because it's based on ignorance. We hear many times in church that the truth will set you free, but that's not all the Bible says. Because it's not just that the truth will set you free. It's that you have to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Because if you don't know the truth, how do you expect the truth to activate in your life to produce freedom? You've got to know the truth. Just in other words, to say it's not just the presence of truth that sets you free. You've got to know the truth. They used to put Gideon Bibles in motels. But you cannot tell me that every act that happened in the hotel is a demonstration of freedom. (laughs) Truth was there but you gotta know the truth to be free. And I'm here to tell you the first step in finding freedom in Jesus today is knowing the truth. See, what's interesting to me about this passage is later on in John's gospel, John 14, six, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in some translations, those three words are capitalized as if to tell us that truth is not just an ideology, Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. Truth always starts with Jesus. Truth always ends with Jesus. Everything, as as John Calvin said, all truth is God's truth. This is the thing. Truth is not just an ideology. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. But here in this passage, Jesus says, you will know the truth, little t which is to say that you could know the truth, but still miss the truth. And could it be here today, the truth that we're missing is not the truth about God, it's the truth about ourselves. See, once you become a Christian, you have to go through a truth-knowing process. You've got to go through a process of knowing the truth, the truth about yourself, the truth about your situation, the truth about your identity, the truth about your purpose, the truth about your family, the truth about why you're here on this earth. The Bible has answers for those questions, but you've got to know the truth to walk in freedom. And could it be here today that we have the truth about God, but we've missed the truth about ourselves? And if we've missed the truth, if you don't know the truth about yourself, it's ignorance and unawareness, and it could be producing an invisible prison in your life. Because you can know the truth and still believe a lie. 
you can know the truth. I know that I'm created in the image of God. But still, there are people here today gripped by insecurity, gripped by the power of depression, of hating your life. You know the truth, but you haven't learned the truth about who you are, about who God says you are. And I'm just here to tell you today, if you wanna walk in freedom, it just starts, this is step one for us as a church. You gotta know the truth. To go through a process of knowing the truth, knowing what God says, because if you don't know the truth, you start saying things like they did that day. I'm not a slave to anybody. If you don't know the truth, if you don't allow ourselves to be challenged by Jesus, we end up saying, I've never been enslaved. I've never been in prison. I'm living free because I've made the decision to follow Jesus. And I may be a Christian and not even realize that you're kept in an invisible prison. I read this and I thought, never been enslaved to anybody. What about 400 years in Egypt? What would you call that? Or, or, or the Babylonian exile. I thought these guys are a bunch of comedians. We've never been children of Abraham, descendants of Abraham, never been enslaved to anybody. You've been enslaved to everybody. But Jesus doesn't even deal with physical slavery. He's not even dealing with correcting them. He goes even deeper. And if I can just push a little bit more for us as a church today. I think we're ready for it to go a little bit deeper because Jesus is dealing with the invisible prisons of our life. He says it's the slavery of sin. Anybody who sins is a slave to sin. I'm not here to just point out the fact that we're all sinners. I'm here to just let us, let us just, just come to know the truth. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19, that anything that overcomes a man, to that he is enslaved. They themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. And this might be the greatest deception of all. Because sin many times looks like liberty. Just want us to consider this for a moment today because many times sin, the great deception of the prison of sin is that it looks like liberty. Sin, what it looks like is just letting loose. Sin looks like I'm just bowing off steam. Sin looks like ah, I just need a moment for me. It looks like ah, I can do whatever I want. Think of the sin of pride. You don't know me. I can do whatever I want. Think of the sin of greed. It's my money. I can spend it how I want to. Think of the sin of unforgiveness or of bitterness. Well, you don't know what they did to me, so I have every right. See, many times the deception, the great tool of the enemy is to keep us in ignorance of the very thing that's keeping us bound. Because sin will look like liberty, but can I just tell you, it is a counterfeit. See, the, the, the prison that sin keeps us enslaved in is counterfeit freedom. It all comes down to a lack of trust in God. And this is how deceiving it is, is because even though it may look like liberty, let's just call it what it is. It's an invisible prison. And it doesn't matter how, what color you paint the walls if you're still behind bars. 
Call it what you want. It's still enslaving you. It may be keeping you bound. This is what I began to realize and even allow myself to understand today. What patterns in my life have I not been walking in freedom? What parts of my life do I not even realize the area I need to be set free? See, there is this distinction between freedom and liberty. Freedom, let's just go, let's go dictionary for a moment. No, don't even worry about the Christian definition. The definition of freedom, according to the dictionary, is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. It is a place that we are set. For whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And it says it's the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved, but liberty. Liberty, by definition, is the ability to act as one pleases. And that's just the thing. Can I tell you today? It's an act. You may be acting free, but may not actually be free. Because anytime we try and fill a legitimate need with an illegitimate means, it may be keeping you in prison. It may be putting you in a prison of your own invisibility and ignorance of what God may be saying about you. It's counterfeit freedom. And look at how smart the enemy is. He's an idiot, but he's smart. Because he's using this as an invisible prison. He's saying, go do what you want. It looks like liberty. It's your life anyway. Live it how you want. But it's an invisible prison. And you may be able to act as you please, but it's just an act. Because at the end of the day, if it's keeping you behind bars, it's an invisible prison. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says this. I, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not all things are helpful. See, this doesn't start with my generation. It's old as sin. You have the right to do whatever you want. But he says this, all things are lawful to me, but I will not be dominated by anything. My translation says, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. And I want you to know just because you have the liberty to do it doesn't mean it's not keeping you in an invisible prison. Can I just help us today to call it what it is, to see it like it is? See, some people today just need to do a little bit of honesty with God, have a little bit of self-examination to know what areas of my life have I been in an invisible prison and not even realizing it because that is the first step to freedom. See, in a moment today, we're gonna call people down to the altar and find freedom, like for real. Freedom with no chains, no bondage, freedom not just from the penalty of sin, but freedom from the power of sin. And I'm here to tell you today, just a moment where you begin to go, God, how have I been kept in an invisible prison? Because it may seem like liberty, but it doesn't mean there aren't chains attached to it. And did you know you could even be a slave to yourself? We have a whole generation of people concerned with living their truth. A whole generation of people living out their truth. And we have redefined truth. We've caused truth to be open to interpretation. But what happens if your truth isn't true? Because truth has just become a subjective experience. 
But if it's not true, it could be keeping you in a prison. It could be keeping you in a prison. Even 98% true is not true. It's still a lie. You remember growing up, your mom would say, where were you that night? I'd say, oh, I was with Jason. No, I didn't ask who you were with. Where were you? That's what my mom would always say. Because I was trying to avoid truth. I swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because 98% true can still be a lie. And I'm here to tell you today, the first step in freedom is to know the truth, the whole truth, 100% true. And truth can't be open to interpretation. Truth starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. And I'm just here to tell you today, this book, the Word of God, is the ultimate truth. It needs no interpretation. This Word of God needs no addition. This is true. And here's, let me just help you for a moment today. We do not interpret this book in light of our circumstance. We interpret our circumstance in light of this book. Because the truth will set you free. Let me say it like this. If you read the Bible and you find something that you don't agree with, who wins? You or God? Because if you're reading something and you find, oh, he didn't really mean that, or that must not be what that means, who wins? You or God? And what happens is when we start talking about my truth, what it is, let's just call it, it's an invisible prison because we have a generation of people who are trying to avoid the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God may be trying to set you free with the truth of his word and trying to skate around it, avoid it, be lied to or ignorant or unaware is keeping you bound. It's keeping us bound. I have to, every time I read the Bible, I have to allow it to shape me. I have to allow it to mold me and to speak to me and to change me because this is the ultimate truth. For you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And could it be today that you're living in an invisible prison because you don't have inward truth. Psalm 51, verse six, it says, you desire truth in the innermost parts. Truth, the whole truth, all of the truth, the truth about God, the truth about me, the truth about my circumstance, the truth about what I'm walking through. That's what God desires in us. So if we wanna be free, it starts by just knowing the truth knowing exactly what God says about us. Jesus says many times what looks like liberty, unqualified freedom. Can I just say for a moment, unqualified liberty is no freedom at all. That this obsession with wanting to be free without accountability is actually a prison. And I got three amens, because the rest of us are going, I knew we should have gone to the other church today. Just trying to help us because what's inside of you is too important for you to leave this place with some chains on. It's time for us to get free. It's time for us to get a couple people, a couple free people at Free Chapel. Come on, somebody. It's time for us to be free, truly free. No bondage, no chains, 
no addiction, no pattern or power of sin over me. For Galatians 5 says, for freedom, he has set us free. Freedom matters to God. And I'm telling you today, I don't know exactly all that's gone on in your life, but freedom is possible. You can live free today. It starts in a relationship with Jesus and it evolves into knowing the truth, knowing what God says, allowing the truth to take root in my life, allowing the truth about what God says about me and about my life to begin to allow me to step into freedom, which by the way, that's what grace is. See, grace isn't just a license to do whatever we want. I find people on the wrong side of grace all the time because they say, God forgives me. See, grace is free, but it wasn't cheap. And grace isn't just, I'm gonna live however I want so that I can have the forgiveness of God. Grace is what empowers us to push open that prison door and to live free. That's what grace is about. Grace is the empowerment that begins to take root in us and to live the free life that God has designed for us. Can I just give you some truth today? This is what grace is about. It's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for me to live the free life that God has designed for me. And God wants us to live free. Patterns of sin, generational strongholds, addictions, bondage, chains. It's not part of the life that God has for you. It doesn't, it's not just what you're meant to carry. It's not just who you are. You can be free today free indeed by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the miracle working power of his grace. It's available to you. It's possible today. Romans chapter six, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wrote it down in my notes like this. Sin, it's a prison that you don't know you're in until you receive the death sentence. It looks like liberty. It may be an invisible prison, but it's wages, the cost, it's death. But the free gift of God in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ is eternal life. The Greek says, the free gift of God, but it's also just as accurate to translate that passage to say the gift of freedom is eternal life. Can I tell you today, if it leads to your destruction, it's no freedom at all. For where there is truth, there is no bondage. Where there is truth, there is no captivity. There is no imprisonment. Truth always leads to life and the law of life is greater than the law of death. The law of freedom, the law of grace is stronger today than the law of sin. God has designed for us as Christians to have authority over this, to have power over the power of sin. This is possible to us today. And I just wanna help us to lift our room to say, I can live free. What would it look like for you to be free, like really free? 
truly free, for us to just get honest in the innermost parts, to say, God, allow your truth to shape my life, to not just move from one prison to a nicer prison. <laughs> well, I'm not where I used to be. But you may not be free, though. And God has designed us, called us to live free. For the gift of freedom is eternal life. I want to invite you to stand on your feet all across this place today. I want to tell you one last thing. And then we're going to have a moment where we pray together. And I'm going to invite you up to this altar to join me in prayer. For us to take a stand, to walk out of the prison, the invisible prison today, and to find freedom. You know, when you buy a house, so I'm told, the first order of business is to change the locks. The reason you change the locks when you buy a new house is because you don't want the old owner to have access. What I'm gonna invite us to do in a moment here today is to change some locks in our life because the old owner doesn't get access anymore. And there may be some things about our life where we have allowed access for too long. We've allowed power for too long to say, you don't get access to me anymore. There's a new owner of my life. There's a new key. And Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If he has given you freedom, let me just help encourage you today. Change some locks in your soul. Change some locks in your heart and allow the truth of God to bring you freedom today. All across this place. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.